I am a, uh, I am a worshiper before I'm a preacher. There is nothing better to, than standing, giving our King of Kings and Lord of Lords glory with a bunch of people who like to do it as much as I do. I will not lie, it's been a tough week. <laughs> it's been a tough week. And you know, if you've heard me preach any length of time, if you've hung around with me for any length of time, you know I have a favorite saying, which goes like this, there are no dumb questions. I'm going to break that rule this morning. Here's the question. Have you ever realized how much things can change in one day? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This sounds kind of ridiculous when you hold this up against current times, but for better or for worse, one single moment can absolutely alter everything for us. And due to these days of uncertainty, many are checking out. They're checking out emotionally, they're checking out mentally, they're checking out physically, they're checking out spiritually, they're checking out of their jobs, they're checking out of their marriages, they're checking out of their sports teams, they're checking out of church, they're checking out of their relationship with God because they are being crowded out with uncertainty. Their minds and their hearts are elsewhere and they're losing focus. And I have felt that. I have felt that um, actually for the last two years of serving on the national leadership team of Elam. Um, if you haven't caught up with the news, I, uh, I did not get re-elected back onto the national leadership team at this year's online um, conference uh, business meeting. Um, and so after nine years of serving the whole Elam movement, I get to just focus on home. So uh, that's, co that's, a, that's a bit of a mind shift and an excitement and a, and, a, and a grieving all at the same time. So if I look a little bit like scrambled eggs over the next few days, that's probably because my last name's Hatch and I'm feeling scrambled. <laughs> but I have felt a real burden that as a shepherd, uh, I can't. I can't afford to let the flock scatter, so this morning's message, as you can see up there now, is called Here and Now, a Perspective Shift. Now, before, you know, everything that I've said before, before anyone checks out, because um, they've, as you've heard, this is our last on-site service for the year, I want to bring you some eternal hope before we go anywhere else, straight out of the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6 says this, even before He made the world, God loved us chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I want you to think about that. This morning, you have the ability to bring pleasure to the heart of the creator of the universe. So we praise God for the glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Now, there is a, whilst his love is unconditional, in many parts of him, there are conditions. Let me read that last line again. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, on us who belong to his dear son. Do you belong this morning? 
Do you belong to him? Do you? Have you given everything to him this morning? Things can and are changing almost daily, but we do not need to despair if we belong to Jesus. However, we do need God's wisdom today. So before I go anywhere else, I am going to pray. Lord Jesus, help. Amen. No, come on, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, we shouldn't confuse today. That'll do. Amen. We need all the help we can get. I know I do. Um, before I go any further into my message, I do want to just... Uh, is there anyone who did not get the letter in the email this week or see the post on our closed family, book, family Facebook group? So everyone knows, everyone knows and understands that today is our last on-site service for 2021. It worked. It worked. <laughs> the message got out. It, um, I, I, can I just, I just want to honor our eldership, Ryan, Ryan, who's, Ryan and Tracy who are hosting in the overflow this morning, and uh, Phil Henderson and Yeboah. Um, these men, uh, we sat and we wrestled with this on Tuesday night. And then um, I sat with the staff on Wednesday morning, Sonia, uh, Amber, and Suze, and um, spoken to Joel as well, and we, we wrestled this through, recognizing that there is no easy answer, there's no silver bullet, and there's no right that's going to be right for everybody. And there's enough confusion in the world right now. And so with the mandate that was released last week, it caught every church in this nation on the hop with regards to we now, obviously, as church staff, are included in the vaccine mandate. And so it's not just a case of finding people who are available to help run services. We also now have to, and we're required to, find out if they're eligible. And so it makes planning so much more difficult. So for certainty, for the next six to eight weeks, we've chosen to go online because we also recognize that our dream team, you guys are unbelievable. You're amazing. People are weary. People are tired. And in the uncertainty, can people plan or can they not plan? Can they have a break? Can they not have a break? Who knows what it's going to look like tomorrow? And so if we make the, by making this certain decision that for the next six to eight weeks, our service is online, it gives our teams a break. It gives people the freedom to plan. And if you want to go away, go away, because you can always join us online. Or you can watch it later if you're busy. And so uh, it was not an easy decision. Um, and uh, we will be back, in Jesus' name. <laughs> we will be back. The doors will open. Um, so for the next six to eight weeks, we'll have our tech team and our worship team and the preacher. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be live streaming from here. Um, so uh, it, you know, you'll just need to join us online. And so what we'd really like people to do is we want you guys to get creative. Watch parties, breakfast and church, or church and lunch, or breakfast, church and lunch, pajama party with coffee, make sure there's coffee, but do church. And so get together in your homes, um, get together in, in your, in your uh, you know, create bubbles. This is a great opportunity for us to still do community um, and still join in for church. And um, for, for the Seekers group, that's the, that's the group that Susan takes over in the library, um, she's looking uh, uh, for the rest of the year, or until after school breaks anyway, she's looking at still running Seekers as, as a bubble in the library. So uh, if you've got Seekers-aged kids, then swing by, drop them off, and then go home. 
three morning. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, sorry. Hey, <laughs> oh, go home to church. Yeah, go home to church. Thank you, darling. Whew. Yeah, go home to church. But uh, yeah, um, Susan's just been getting really great momentum with the Seekers kids this year. And honestly, I mean, how many years has Susan been doing Seekers? Anyone got a clue? I have no clue. I've been Suzanne and I've been leading this church for twenty years nearly, and she's she was leading Seekers when our kids. About 20 years, Matt? Long time serving, eh? I've, I've spent the last two weeks having a great time with the kids in Power Zone. And I'd just like to apologize to my wife for creating the distraction last Sunday morning. Me and the kids doing a conga line past the window while she's trying to bring a salvation altar call. Didn't work, eh? It worked for us, but it didn't work for her. <laughs> but, um, you know, after doing... This week, I want to give you guys some homework. I want to issue a new mandate. Can you text every kids worker in this church, Amber and her team, um, Sharon Hunter and Stacey Duplessis who look after the Sparks kids, Susan, can you just bomb them with love? Because man, they do a good job in this church. This church is rich with kids and our kids are rich in God because of the leaders that we have. Joel and, and his team that do the Project 78 and, and Oxygen on Friday night, we dropped up here on Friday night and there was 20 something intermediate age kids out there looking like drowned rats because they had a water game, which was a great idea on a hot summer's evening or late spring evening. Um, but the kids were alive and having fun. Joel, thank you for speaking into our kids' lives, our youth's lives. We are a rich church in generations. And uh, it just, uh, I should get to my sermon, shouldn't I? I just love this place. Oh, no, that's not it. That's not even the introduction. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I've really cut myself short. In the midst of everything that's shifting around us, the landscape that keeps changing, I wanna, I'm here to tell you this morning, we will get through this. Amen? Amen? We can fuss and bother over things that aren't going as we, have, we had planned them to be, or we can choose to keep our eyes on God. What are you choosing to look at? I was uh, catching up with a friend this week who also leads a church, and we were just talking about what everybody's talking about right now in every conversation, and he made this profound mic drop statement, and this is what he said. You know what, Tom? In 10 years' time, this will just be two minutes in our story. We've got to get a right perspective. It, yes, it is here and now, but we will get through this, and in 10 years' time, it'll just be part of our story. Actually, I saw a funny meme in uh, 2088. The teacher said to the history class, we are going to study 2020 and 2021, and every laptop in the class imploded. <laughs> funny, we are not going there. 10 years from now, we're going to get to 10 years from now, but we need to have a present perspective, a here and now. This next photo is of Dr. Miles Munro, who's an OBE. Dr. Munro is, uh, was an evangelist, a minister, a pastor, an, uh, a professor, an author, a speaker, and a leadership consultant in businesses and church. And I say he was because uh, he was flying into Freeport, Bahamas, literally to deliver the opening session at an international conference for business leaders and church leaders, and his plane crashed on landing, killing everybody on board, half of his business staff and his wife, all in one hit. And they were, he was literally about to land, go through customs, and get up on the podium and speak. 
in a very, in just a couple of minutes, his life, his family's life, his business life, his church's life, and the conference changed like that. Um, we had the incredible pleasure of sitting under his teaching. Dr. Munro was our keynote speaker at one of our Elam One conferences just a few years ago. Phenomenal man of God. But he made two statements that I want to bring to you this morning about our here and now. This is the first one. Your destiny is chosen by God. Your future is certain. Whether you arrive there is up to you. Your destiny is chosen by God. Your future is certain. Whether you arrive there, it's up to you. The second one is this. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose, life with the wrong priorities. I want to ask you, I'm going to be asking you a number of questions this morning. So if you want some homework, take your phones out and take photos of the screen. Here we go. What are your priorities? What is your purpose? Have you lost focus on them because you are not present here and now? I want to share with you an aha moment I had that really kind of shaped where I was going with this message this morning. Um, and so on Monday, I'm sitting in bed, I'm having my Bible and coffee time. So I've got my coffee and I've got my Bible and I'm just hanging out with God. And in the middle of that, I was having a moan. Let's turn this into a little bit of a confessional. I was grumbling. I was muttering and I was like, to God. And the reason I was doing that, because um, due to the exams that happened here, actually, no, let me come back a bit. This week, on a celebration moment, this week, for the first time ever, in the vision that this church has been carrying and building for the last 40 plus years, our school, for the first time ever, we had on site as an in, in, accredited exam venue, our first year 11 exams. How cool is that? How awesome and cool is that? And that man over there was one of the key guys that got that accreditation. Can we just honor Julian this morning? One of our assistant principals. You rock, mate. You rock. And I, I, I've known Julian for a little bit uh, now, but I have never seen him so nervous and pacing so hard. I mean, I, I think he was almost as nervous this week with those kids, his baby sitting that exam as he was, Julie, when you were delivering it, the kids. I don't know, but it kind of looked like that. He really did look like an expectant dad. But... However, like I was saying, I was having a real moan to God. I was grumbling because due to the exams which were held in the hall, it meant that some of my staff couldn't use their offices. And it meant that we couldn't go anywhere near that end of the complex, which we're walking through all the time because of the rules around an exam venue. Um, like the person that was overseeing it was from not, not from here, and they, like, they literally had to inspect every room, check doors were locked, my staff weren't allowed even to be in their own offices, and it's all about the potential of connection with students and all that sort of stuff. And I was, I was having this, I, I was just like a little brat. And all of a sudden, God's suddenly, aren't they interesting? It was like I had this very gracious but undeniable tap from God. And it kind of felt like a divine backhand to the brain. And this, it, and, and, and this is, it was, it was like I heard God, it really felt like I heard God say, check your heart, now check the vision. Check your heart, now check the vision. 
check your heart. Now check the vision. And you know what? When I got out of my own way, I had an aha. And this was the aha. That what happened this week? We've been praying for this. What happened this week? We had been planning for this. We had been dreaming for this. We had been pursuing this. This was the vision, growing and becoming. This was the vision, living and breathing here and now. And in that moment, in that moment, I had a perspective shift. And you know what happened? It was phenomenal. The grumbling and the muttering evaporated, and they were replaced with praise, worship, thankfulness, and rejoicing. And I got so excited. I got so excited, my coffee went cold. I know, oh my goodness. I was so excited that I ignored my coffee. And if you know me, that's a big deal. <laughs> so if you find yourself living constantly grumbling and muttering, then I want, to ask, want you to ask yourself these questions. Am I problem or present-minded? Am I do or disappointment-minded? Do I only point out the fault or am I part of the answer? Is the fruit of what I am, have been asking, for, asking God for to take me into, is that what's happening right now? You see, we all want the vision, and we all want the dream, and we all want the outcome, and we continually focus off into the distance. But when things happen here and now, we don't, we're not so keen on the mess and the stress. But guess what? The here and now, it's all part of the journey. When you think of a tree, when you think of an oak tree or a big macrocarpa or a big kodi or a rimu, and you look at that bark and it's, and it's all gnarled and split and regal and amazing, as that tree gets bigger, the outer bark, it literally has to tear and split so the tree can get bigger. Do you think the tree sits there and mutters and grumbles? Or does it go, I'm going to get me big. I'm going to reach up to the heavens. I have no idea whether the tree talks like that or not. But, you know, I mean, it's part of the process. But to, to do the process, you've got to be present. You've got to be here and now. A perspective shift is needed. And this is the perspective shift. Don't focus on why you can't. Look at how you can. I mean, Suzanne and I have had this conversation in the nine years that I was on the national leadership team. We, we encountered so many pastors over those years looking after different churches and that who would go, oh, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And we, in the end, we, we, we just was like, stop it! Stop telling me what you can't do, tell me what you can! I mean, Suzanne and I have had this funny conversation over the last few days. If you could talk to your 17-year-old self, Come and join me, honey. Come and join me. <laughs> this is not in my notes, by the way. <laughs> okay, this was the question I asked, Suze. If you could talk to your 17-year-old self, 
Would you have believed that you'd be on stage leading worship, playing the guitar? Oh, no, 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 no. And her answer is, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. But actually, fast forward, if you could talk to your 40-year-old self, and you would be preaching in other churches. Oh, definitely no, 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 no. If you could talk to your, what are you now? Uh, No, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't go there. (laughs) Okay, let's, let's just bring it to two years ago. If three years ago, honey, I said to you, we were going to be sitting in our lounge and you would be preaching online across the globe. <laughs> it was like, oh no, we definitely don't do that. You know, this church, Blenheim, this, this, this goes around the world. Actually, you know, just quietly, she actually loves it. Most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, we get there. But don't focus on why you can't. Look at, why, look at how you can. We see the end result might be, we, we, we see what it might be, and we want to be there here and now. We want to be there now, but we've got to be here. We've got to be present. But you know what? This struggle's not new. Like I said, last two weeks I've been out with the kids in Power Zone, and we've been unpacking the subject of contentment. And so we were looking at the, the Israelites who have been you know, they rescued out of Egypt going through the desert on their way to the promised land. Yeah, you all know the story, yeah? You all read your Bibles, yeah? Cool, excellent, excellent. 400 years of slavery. 400 years of slavery. God comes and he miraculously saves them from 400 years of slavery. Get that, 400 years of slavery. They are 40 days into freedom. And they are moaning and muttering and grumbling. And they're going, we want to go back to Egypt. Keith Green. Any Keith Green fans in the house? (laughs) So you want to go back to Egypt. That's a great song. Look it up on Spotify. It's like, they want to go back to Egypt. They want to go back into... What? Are you kidding me? From 400 years of slavery, 40 days they were grumbling. They were moaning. God parts the sea. He provides, he takes a poisoned, poisoned oasis and he, and he makes it whole. He cleans the water. He provides bread daily in the form of manna. He sends quail so they have meat. He provides water from a rock so over a million people can drink beautiful, pure water. He shaves them and leads them during the day with a pillar of cloud. He, he, he protects them and he leads them during the night with a pillar of fire. And it's still not enough. They are still not content. I don't actually think anything's changed. We live in a world that is in love with privilege. We are immensely focused on ourselves and we are not content. And it's, we're unhappy and we're unfulfilled. You know why? Because we were not created for ourselves. We were created to give God glory. Consider Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Hosea, Deborah, Esther, all our Bible heroes. In their story in the Bible, men and women of God who were asked to do something easy. No, they weren't. (laughs) They weren't. They weren't asked to do anything easy. God had to intervene to help them out. 
They had to believe, even when all the circumstances in the here and now seemed to be opposite what they believed God had spoken. They had to trust that all the evidence that seemed to be against them would actually turn out for good because God's promise is... Oh, do you know what you promise, the promises of God are? He can take all things and use them, work them for good for... For those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Hang on a minute. Let's go all the way back to the scripture right at the beginning. Don't, not, don't worry about the slide. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. God can take everything and work it out for good for those who love him and according. It's almost the same. Christianity is not for lazy people. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Christianity is not for lazy people. Dr. David Livingston, the great pioneer missionary to Africa, once said this, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? You know what the missionaries of his time, you know, they didn't have suitcases back then. Not that I'm aware of. But if they were going out on the mission field, do you know what they packed all their belongings into? A coffin. They packed all their belongings into their coffin. This was David Livingston's prayer as he was heading out onto the mission field. God, send me anywhere, only go with me. Lay any burden on me, only sustain me. And sever any tie in my heart, except the tie that binds my heart to yours. Powerful, eh? What a challenge. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I want to bring a warning this morning. Comparing a fantasy future to your everyday reality can breed discontent. We grow restless because we're not content in our here and now. We're always looking for the next thing to make ourselves happy or content or looking to be or do something that God never intended us to be or do. We've got to recognize the context and the calling that we're part of right now. In Acts chapter 13, uh, David is accounted, or it is said that of David that he served the purposes of God in his generation. He served God in his here and now. Right. I want to give you a story. I'm not going to finish this message this morning, I know, because I've already got this message as as next week's already. I was just typing, I was like, okay, where's a good part line here? Because there was just so much I want to deliver you, and I am simply not even going to finish this this morning. That's fine. But I want to give you a story straight out of the Bible that lines up with this. One day, thousands of years ago, a man by the name of Simon had arrived in Jerusalem from Cyrene. Cyrene is today's modern-day Libya in northern Africa. Scholars believe that he had come to Jerusalem to take part of the, uh, the Holy Feast Passover. And he never imagined what was going to happen when he arrived in Jerusalem. He found himself amongst the crowd on the Via Dolorosa at exactly the same time as Jesus was stumbling past him carrying his cross. Next minute, you know, next minute, 
a Roman soldier reaches into the crowd and he grabs Simon and he drags him out of the crowd, throws him on the footpath and says, carry that. At that moment, Simon was thrown into Jesus' story. He was pulled from the crowd and he was forced to carry Jesus' cross. He ran headlong and unplanned into his destiny. He found himself in Jesus' path, in Jesus' life, on the way of Jesus, and his life was changed forever. His here and now became part of his story. You know what? It's not about, it's, it's not about whether we can be anything we want to be, but that we get to be who we are called to be here and now. God has called us for a specific purpose, for a specific people, at a specific time, in a specific place in history. You know why you're alive right now? God said. I don't want to be morbid, but you're not dead because God said. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. <laughs> Start engaging your calling in your here and now. Take some time to answer these questions. What people does God have you around currently? Who do you live, work, and play with? Where has God placed you? How are these people and places shaping your calling? What is your here and now? We are called, as Simon was, to take up the cross, to trust and to believe that God will show up and do his part as we do ours with an honest prayer of thy will be done in our lives, Lord. Not a normal place to wrap up a message, I know. And I did, well, I mean, apart from the fact that I've been yabbering on too long and I didn't get through all my notes. But I, at this point, I, I, I want to leave you pondering your here and now. Firstly, do you belong to Jesus? If you don't, you can. It's simply recognizing him as the son of God, recognizing that his death on the cross paid the price for our sins and inviting him into your life. Secondly, is your world right now so full of grumbling and muttering that actually what is needed is a supernatural perspective shift, lifting your eyes. You know, God said to Abraham, you're going to have a son, you're going to have an heir. And he was like, have you seen the age of my wife? Have you seen my age? God, in the scriptures, it said God called him out of the tent. And he said, now lift your eyes. He couldn't do that. He couldn't say that to Abraham in the tent because all he'd see is the roof of the tent. It's like, yeah, I see that every day, God. Big deal. But he called him out and he said, now lift your eyes and count them if you can. I think he did two things. He was trying to give, he was trying to expand. He was trying to change the perspective of Abraham. This is how many kids you're going to have. But he was also saying to Abraham, you see all those? I made all of those. If I made all of those, do you think I can cause you to have a, an ear? Shift your perspective. Lift your eyes to the king. Lift your eyes to the one who holds your future. Father, I thank you for this incredible group of people 
And I pray now, Almighty God, that your anointing would be with them, that your presence, your power, and your glory would cover them and keep them. Right now, there's a verse I want to to speak over you. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And this, this, I believe, needs to be the perspective of many people here, both on-site and online. As Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. What does that need to be? We need to acknowledge Him in all our ways. We need to trust Him. Yes, He gives us wisdom and understanding and knowledge, but that's not the only thing we lean on. We use that, but we lean on God. Acknowledge Him and His promises. He will direct our paths. Father, I bless this family. I bless them now in Jesus' name. May they know, the scriptures say, the peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. May they know that peace and joy in their homes, Holy Spirit, because you are flooding their homes, flooding their lives. Lord, give them fresh eyes, fresh eyes to see their here and now, a fresh perspective to see their here and now, the people that they work and and live and play with, the people that they do life with. Let them see those people as you do. Let them see the opportunities that you see. Let them feel in their heart what you feel. Because they get to be who you have called them to be here and now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.